This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. Tell me, tell me, tell me, You're listening to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawke's Bay. This is a program called... The Wonderful World of Wardini Books. And uh, it's my pleasure, as always, to have in the studio Lou from Wardini Books and Havelock North. How are you going, Lou? Very well. That's what I like to hear. And uh, we were just saying before we came to it how lucky we are. Yes. Yep. We have no complaints to make. We do not. Woke up this morning. That's always a bonus <laughs> at my age. Let me tell you about that. Aren't we a bundle of laughs? I know. That's what yeah. the guy who... I just did a show with the psychologist and we were talking about... Uh, you know, sort of the way society is going to hell in a handcart. And uh, he texted me and he said, oh, for goodness sakes, so next time we do a program, let's do something uplifting. Yes. Yeah, I like being uplifted. Well, you and I are all right, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, of course we are. All right, now we've got three more fabulous books. And the first one is, and I love the cover, it's called Bibi. Look at that. Bibi yeah. by Jo Weaver. And she does all of it, the story and the, um, the illustrations and everything. So this one is about Bibi, who is an elderly flamingo. And there she is in all her pink glory. Oh, what a great drawing. Isn't it? Absolutely. Um, she's ruffling her feathers, opening her eyes, looking around. She is older than anyone else. Really? She could remember older than anyone she knew. Uh, and the the younger ones take their cue from Bibi, mm. so they follow her and they find the best places to feed and all that kind of thing. Every flamingo recognised her call. And she helps out the little ones. And when... New parents are ready to lay their eggs. She leads them away from the lake's edge um, and shows them where to build things safely. And little Toto has just been born. Hmm. That's little floofy Toto. She's the matriarch. She's the matriarch of the whole flamingo flock. Hmm. I know you said clan and crew, but you can call them whatever you like, really, (laughs) can't you, I suppose? But what's happening, so there is a climate change message in here, although it's very subtle, it's not rammed down your throat at all. They used to have a massive, massive lake, but the lake is reducing. Mm. So um, all these flamingos are crowded onto this bit of land here. Um, No water, said Bibi, turning towards the lake. And they need that to feed. And so what um, the flamingos, there's a bit of water by the volcano out there. Oh, yes. And the big flamingos can fly there. They can do it fairly Mm. easily. But the chicks can't fly yet. And so what does Bibi do? I will lead the chicks. Oh, look at that. How nice is that? You go and get sorted down Mm. over there. And I will lead the chicks. But Toto is not doing very well. And it's really hot. And I'll find my favourite, favourite picture of the whole thing. Oh, wow, look at that. I presume that's the thing that flamingos do. Yes. So holding their wings out wide to shade the babies, which is just beautiful. Isn't isn't nature marvellous? Nature is marvellous. And yes, we need to be kinder to her. So there is is a nice ending because they... I can hear, see the lake, Toto calls out because he rallies. And they do get there and they paddle and they do all the things. And um, poor old Bibi, though, she's the eldest and she's quite knackered, Ken. Oh, no. She's feeling tired, she's feeling old, and she slips quietly away by herself. What do you think is going to happen? I think she's going to go to sleep. She's going to have the big sleep and go to the big flamingo heaven. Do you know what? She doesn't die. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> Oh no, oh no, Bibi. But um, what happens is they go and find her and they clean her off and preen her feathers. Come back and eat with us and we'll all wait until you feel strong enough before we fly away again. 
And so they do that, and you think, oh, no. She rallied. But she ate, and she rested, and then because she'd looked after all the babies, everyone looked after her, and it's a community thing. I love it. It's a community thing. And so she flies away with them. Happy and ending. they go. Off she flew. Look at that. Into the pink evening. What a good story. Isn't it beautiful? I'm glad you finally brought a book in. Which has got a happy ending. I thought I'd try and trick you. Try and trick you into thinking it was about death. Yeah, and then it wasn't. Die. Poor old Bibi. I know. Isn't it lovely, though? What That's the name of story. one of my dogs, Bibi. Pardon? Name of your dog? Mm, oh, Look at that. There you are. I wondered if it was uh, like an African name for grandmother or something. Mm, it's a name for my dog. So it's a name for Ken's dog. <laughs> That's what it is. And the yeah. Quaker. Tell us about the Quaker. Is that a whodunit? So we're going from BB to, yes, serial killer. <laughs> or a serial, I think they call it like the murders are in a series because I think it's set in 1960s Glasgow and I'm not sure the term had been coined yet because mm. it was an FBI thing, wasn't oh, it, serial yes, killer. Yes. Um, so 1960s Glasgow and a, qu- a killer called the Quaker is on the loose. He's murdered three women. Mm. He's violated them. He's dumped them. He's picked them all up at this ballroom and there's one witness and the sister of one of the dead women, and she's seen him. She was in a taxi with him, but she was pretty much off her chops, though. So, mm. you know, yeah. reliable or not, don't know. So they've got a composite sketch, you know, and it's sort of quite a generic, handsome, blonde guy. Um, and they haven't found him, and they haven't found him, and the leads are exhausted, and it's getting on a bit now. And they send in um, D.I. Duncan McCormack to go and see what's going off with the investigation. And you can imagine that the rest of the the, the fag-smoking, yeah. belching yeah. coppers in this building <laughs> it, are yeah. not very happy that they're being looked at, you know, and, and McCormack's got to do a report on them to say what's going off with this investigation. And should, should it be tied up? Because they've made no progress. And um, McCormack's got a big dark secret of his own. Okay, so that that plays out throughout the book, and I won't say much more about mm. that, but it's something that could cost him his career and much more, possibly. Um, so he goes in and he starts to investigate and he gets teamed up with this guy called Goldie who immediately hates him because he's, you know, the guy coming in, oh, you're coming in here to sort it all out for us, are you? Um, but they do rattle along very well in the end because, um, there are things in the investigation that McCormack finds out and he won't let them lie. So when they think they've made breaks and he doesn't think they're the right breaks, he pursues what he thinks are the proper lines of inquiry. So it's really... Glasgow, there are tenement mm. buildings that are being pulled down. Like one of them, it was it's so atmospheric, it's a big tenement building and everyone's been everyone's left because it's gonna get pulled down, but there's one old lady who's still in mm. there all by herself because she's waiting till the last minute to leave her home because she's been there for forty yeah. years or whatever it is. And there are kids playing in the muck and the rubble and you know, and that the kids stumbled across one of the bodies in this derelict tenement flat and then there's a jewel heist that goes off and how's that connected and uh, McCormack is just determined and straight all the way through he's a really good dogged detective I liked it very much this novel really atmospheric is the character an ongoing character is there more than one book in the series yes yeah, so this fit this came out in 2018 and it was Scottish crime book of the year mm. Liam McIlvenny lives in Dunedin funnily Mm. enough he's a professor of Scottish and Irish studies at um, the university but he is a Scotsman and so that's why it's all set in Glasgow presumably Um, and book two is just out which is what gave me a kick to read this one Mm. and book two is called The Heretic and it's maybe 15 years later and it's still Duncan McCormack and is he one of those tough cops like Taggart was? he's kind of more 
of a thinking man's copper. Mm. Yeah, so he's not like there is a lot of testosterone in this book, mm. and I've just written a review about it. And it's 1960s Glasgow. Yeah. What's it going to be oh, like? Yeah, you can be, imagine that police. It's going to be rough and tough. I lived in those yeah. sort of houses when I lived in the northeast of England. Oh, okay. All right, and the last book you're going to talk about is uh, it's called Vines. Yes, this is volume three of Vines, and this is a, a Hawke's Bay production. It's EV Publications, and they. Um, get submissions from local writers. So it's all Hawke's Bay writers, mm. you know, poets, short story writers, um, artists as well. And um, uh, this is the third volume. And so you'll find artwork all the way through it. Like, I'm going to try and show you a piece. I just had it right there. Isn't it always the way? There's a piece. Oh, yes. It's a poem. That is, yeah. And that piece of artwork there by Michael Hawksworth. Mm. And... Um, I particularly like... It's always nice when you know some of the people that are in it. Yes, absolutely. So, um, Rasheen Fitzgerald's got a piece in it called Dismembered, a poem. And um, Nafanua Kursal, who I'm a big fan of, she's got a poem in there. And Phoebe Wilton-Stewart has a short story in here called Tweezers, which is quite chilling. Really? So it's Tweezers is about a girl who sits in her treehouse and kind of kind of stalks the boy next door. She's fascinated <laughs> by this boy next door and she says he's the kind of boy that pulls the wings off flies. Mm. You know, and she watches him because she can tell that he's there's something off about him. And he notices her watching him and she gets very embarrassed, you know. And this it's a very short story and I probably shouldn't spoil it. But she kind of lets him into her life when she maybe shouldn't have. It's it's full of menace, and Phoebe's done an amazing job. She's, and sorry, she's quite a deep person, then, Phoebe. Phoebe has just won the Peter Wells Short Fiction Prize. Wow, how good is that for the under twenty fives? It's amazing. So she is on. She's got a stellar career. She's on uh, cloud nine. Not you should only, be interviewing her. Yeah, actually, that's a really good idea. Mm. Actually, yeah. Um, one of the things I like best about Vines, number three, was the foreword, which is by the poet Leonard Lambert. And I really like the way he just, he's so honest, and he'll be like, oh, this, this was kind of interesting, if you like that sort of thing, you know. <laughs> yes. Um, but he says about Nafanua's poem, the real standout and almost in itself worth the price of admission is a poem by Nafanua Kursal. Now, I have to confess, I hesitated on the brink of this one because anything with a title like names and shit is likely to be going for the quick <laughs> yes. hit, the easy gasp factor. Boy, was I wrong. May I simply point you in the direction of page 18 and leave it at that. And off they go. And there's also um, a poem from Marie Dunningham, who you might mm, know because yes, she was on the scene for a long time and she's passed away. And I think that was the beautiful one about her daughter. Nightclubbing in red shoes. Gorgeous. A good tabletop book. But I must admit, when you first showed me the cover, I thought it was going to be all about wine. And I thought, mm, I wouldn't even bother picking that up in your shop. Vines. No, and I think we have to point people to it. Yes. Yeah. When people are writers themselves, they're quite interested to see what other people are doing. Yes. And the opportunities that are out there to be published. And um, also, it's just so fascinating to see... Sounds marvellous. What talent we've got right here. It's yeah. right here in Hawke's Bay. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. right. And if we want any of these fabulous books, where do we get it? Oh, Wardini Books. Of course. <laughs> Lou, my pleasure as always. You look after yourself. We'll talk to you at same time, same place next week. Thank you very much. Who wrote the book out loud? 
This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.